Hello and welcome to another episode of Journeys and this time my special guest is Mark Esho. Have I, have I pronounced that right? I hope I have. Yes, you have actually. <laughs> You're actually one of the very few people. <laughs> <laughs> Normally people say Esho, so yeah. Oh, that, well, that well, was in my head. That was in my head. Anyway, how have you been? How was 2021 treating uh, so far? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Um, you know, after 2020, I think you kind of um, kind of learned to adapt and um, learned how to cope under the adverse circumstances that we all find ourselves in. Um, mm. but, uh, but to be honest, you know, I'm just getting fed up of the lockdown now. Uh, kind of, you know, getting yeah. fed up of the isolation. <laughs> well, yeah. But yeah, you know, so it'd be good to get out there again. Have you been trying to keep yourself busy staying at home or have you really been like kind of, you know, each day is different. One day you could be lazy, the next day could be pretty busy. Uh, well, I'm actually one of those uh, very fortunate people because uh, I've got internet businesses and I've got a lot of internet awareness. I always find something to do. Uh, mm. So I've um, so in uh, 2020, I spend a lot of my time on a new project um, that I'm working on with some friends of mine called Access Rating, okay. uh, which, you know, which I'm going to talk about uh, later. <clears throat> And um, and then and and uh, in this year, I've just focused on trading uh, because I like to trade. So I, I trade okay. stocks, uh, commodities, um, um, crypto. So um, so mm. I've just gone full blown on this year, just uh, focusing on that. Do you think? Um, do you think the fact that obviously we're indoors and all we've got is our computers and phones and tablets <laughs> that you're almost forced to. Uh, do more online stuff and obviously you think what can I do today like yeah. same as did yesterday <laughs> uh, well it's slightly different because I've got I've got two internet businesses and mm. uh, so I've been doing that for the last um, 20 years but I stepped down from my businesses um, in um, 2029 so they so you know so they kind of run themselves uh, so I've always been a bit of a geek uh, so mm. a lot of what I do tends to be an extension of something to do with internet. So even before the lockdown, I'd you know I'd spend many hours online. Yeah. Uh, so it hasn't, to be honest, it hasn't really impacted me as badly as um, as some of my friends and you know friends and family because I because I'm naturally used, I'm, I'm used to spending a lot of time online anyway. I'm yeah. just very good at keeping myself occupied. Yeah, that, that's the key in it, keeping yourself occupied. It's, that's it's that balance, it. especially now you're working. Than if you were working from home before anyway, but now you work from home, you watch that same space you would use to chill and, and you know switch up is also the place that you're having to switch on and work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, well, well I do know we, we, we've got offices in town, so I do you know I do miss going into the office yeah. um, because it, it, it you know it does break up the day. Um, you know, I miss um, um, you know some of the meetings. I miss some of the business events. I used to go to lots of business events, mm-hmm. um, so I kind of miss some of those. Although in, in you know in 2029, um, you know I think I went to too many. Uh, so it was nice to get a bit of a break from that. Um, you know, get a bit of a break from the business community in general. Uh, but um, but now I'm kind of missing this a little bit. I just like to go back and you know kind of just go back to some of those events and meeting people, socialising, you know, and just generally having a bit of fun. So with all my guests, um, obviously every guest I have on is yeah. has experienced disability or chronic illness in some way or another. Yes. For you, I'd like to, as everyone, to roll back the years, so to speak, and. Uh, you can take the stage as a young Mark and where it kind of all started for you. Okay, so it started for me um, in um, in the 60s, so I just kind of show my age here. <laughs> uh, and, um, and at the age of five, um, I caught uh, polio. Um, on, you know, this uh, it, it, it was rather unfortunate because, again, you know, there was a big pandemic and, um, you know, especially in the 50s, a lot of people catching polio and then they had the, you know, and then they had the uh, vaccination and, um, and polio almost ceased to exist, which we're hoping was going to happen with the COVID, uh-huh. you know, with the COVID virus. Um, so some, rather through some unfortunate events, um, I didn't get vaccinated, 
Um, a lot of people think because my parents are actually from Nigeria, they're caught in Nigeria, uh, where it was still prevalent then, but no, I've actually caught it in, uh, in the UK, in Leicester, so I was born in Leicester. And, um, yeah, so, you know, so one day, you know, I was out, you know, basically out riding my bike. Um, you know, I'm never going to forget that day because it's a very happy day for me because that was the, that was the first time I was able to ride my bike without stabilizers, you know, so I was really, really happy. Um, got up in the middle of the night, wanted to go to the, you know, wanted to go to the toilet. It was dark. So, um, you know, so I woke my uh, foster mum up. It's a long story as to why I've got a foster mum. I've still got my parents' both side of foster mum because my parents were students. So mm-hmm. what was normal then is that they'll find like a private uh, fostering family, um, you know, for the children to stay with so that they could focus on their studies and work. Yeah. So, uh, so I was still with her by then. Um, um, so anyway, so yeah, so, uh, so I woke go up, went to the toilet. Um, um, I got to the toilet. I couldn't go and um, walked back to my bed, not knowing that would be the last time that, that, that I'd actually be able to walk properly again. And uh, I had a very violent fit and, um, and I blacked out. And um, I woke up the next day at the Leicester General Hospital completely paralysed from the neck down. I mm. couldn't move absolutely nothing, which was a very, very <laughs> scary experience. I can imagine, yeah. Yeah, you know, going from a very active kid, always out and about playing with my friends, to being lying on the bed, not being able to move. And, um, yeah, and, um, it transpired that, that I'd caught polio, but I had a really bad dose of polio. And the, uh, doctors gave me like 10% chance of survival, because a lot of people used to die from polio. And because of the extent of how bad I had it, my chance of actually ever walking again was basically put down to like zero. Right. Um, but, um, you know, I you know I persevered, and um, after like a couple of years in hospital, going through all sorts of different intensive treatments, so you know some of them are actually quite painful. Um, I but you know I started to gradually recover. So um, so um, I started to move my arms. Uh, mm-hmm. I started to manage to sit up. This after about two years, by the age of seven. Um, uh, so then I was able, to, I was able, by the age of eight, <clears throat> I was able to walk around with two calipers, uh, because my, because my legs, my left leg was completely paralyzed. My right leg wasn't, you know, it was, it was pretty bad, but it mm-hmm. wasn't completely paralyzed. I had a little bit of strength in it. Um, so, um, yes, yeah, so I just managed to walk around with crutches. I had to use a wheelchair. Um, and um and I was put in a special needs school. Uh because um back then it was quite normal for any you know, whatever disability you you've got, um, they'll put you in a special needs school. Because mm-hmm. the idea was is that they that that they would protect you from mainstream society by being in a um kind of um safe environment. So yeah, so um, so I was putting the main test. This is so, so I was putting a special needs school. I was about eight um, when I was putting a special needs school, which is called Ashfield, which is based in Leicester. And um, yeah, yeah, and I just remember it just being a very kind of you know, very happy place because it never taught us anything. You know, we used to go there, we used to play, we used to sing, give um, mm. you know, coloring. There's no real education. And, uh, and my parents by then, you know, they'd gone back to Nigeria, started up their, their, their careers, found out that I was in a special needs school. And they did not like the fact I was in a special needs school. So my dad asked my mum to come and get me. And um, I was then, um, about nine, I was taken to Nigeria. So I moved from being a very small village, outskirts um, mm-hmm. of Leicester, uh, to be in a very busy um, city, Lagos, the capital, the capital then of Nigeria. Uh, I didn't speak the language. Um, it's complete uh, culture shock, and um, yeah, and that's when things for me in my life just went from bad to worse. Uh, because as a young disabled child, you think to yourself, okay, you know, you know coping with my disability is going to be, you know, that's going to be the worst of my problems. Uh, but I soon found out that, um, sorry about this, I've got my dogs with me. <laughs> <laughs> sure. 
so uh, yeah, so I soon found out that um, that that my dad obviously resented the fact that I was disabled. Um, he, you know, he was quite um, violent and abusive, and within two, three weeks of being there, he'd actually taken me to go and see a witch doctor because in his mind, he thought a local um, um, witch doctor could cure polio. Mm. Uh, although he's an educated man, he was actually to assess an extent, he was a bit ignorant at the same time. And yeah, so um, I ended up having all sorts of, um, you know, various things done to me, uh, which which kind of traumatised me for the rest of my life. I've had, you know, I've had chickens playing over me, I've had um, goats' blood drained over me, uh, having to drink various con- concoctions, um, I've had, um, you know, I've had various cuts into my legs. Um, so yeah, so that was um, pretty pretty hard. Mm. And was you? Yeah. Was, was that all you was when you was there? Was you getting any sort of education, or was it purely just at home because um, you didn't know what to do? It, no, I, I didn't know. It was just for the first six months. Well, it was actually possi- possibly the first year that I was there. Uh, that obviously my dad tried to um, uh, cure me with traditional medicine, but uh, but at the same time I was going to school. I was, uh, you know, I was put in a mainstream school. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm never going to forget the first school that I went to because my calipers are broken, and um, there wasn't anywhere for me to actually um, local that's close that would actually enable me. Uh, to um, get my calipers fixed, so I had to be carried, uh, basically I had to be carried into the classroom. Uh, but that's one thing that I'd actually say is one of the advantages that I, um, that's kind of served me in later life, is that my parents made sure that I had a really good education. Uh, so I was pushed from a very early age, because my dad used to say to me, well, you know, you can't go out and play, you can't do anything else, <laughs> you know, so you must just study. Uh, so yeah, so that's what I did. So, um, you know, uh, I spent 10 years in Nigeria, which was, which was complete hell. Um, you know, you can read about this in my book. I've got a I've also got an audio version, by the way. It's called I Can, I Will. It's a bestseller on Amazon. And, um, and um, I then came back to the UK when I was about 18. Okay. Uh, I came back to the UK, actually came back to Leicester, because obviously Leicester was where I was born. I knew, knew a few people in Leicester. What you know? Sorry? What, go back to what you know. Yeah, absolutely, you go back to what you know. Uh, but but then, you know, I, I didn't really enjoy being in Leicester. You know, this was um, very early 80s. There's still a lot of racism around. And, um, you, know, I, you know, I remember being called names on the streets because then it was just a normal thing, you know, just to, just to call people the N-word or just to be very abusive. Mm. Uh, so I um, only spent about a year in Leicester, then I moved to London, um, spent quite a bit of time in London, uh, to be quite honest, and, um, f- and, and then from there, yeah, I just went to college, um, my um, college and my university journey was a bit fragmented, mainly because again, back then, accessibility wasn't on top of their agenda, mm. and, and again, dealing with people's attitudes, so I did kind of move around a bit. But I did, in the end, um, end up with a master's degree. So I've got a, I've got an MBA. Um, sorry. That's a fair place to to, to to almost be thrown about in the education system after being out of the country for ten years. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, so it's, you know, it was hard. You know, there was a lot of um, racial discrimination, also disability discrimination as well. Um, fortunately for me, you know, um, you know, I met my wife. You know, been together for for a long, not for a long time, and um, she has really been the kind of stabilising force within my life, and um, and kind of just helped me go through some of the experiences uh, together, uh, mm. which was great. So um, so anyway, so you know, so I've got my since so I've got my master's degree because my parents always said to me, okay, you know, once you get to a certain level of education, um, you know, it's going to help level the um, it's going to help level the playing field. Yeah. And naively, I thought, okay, yeah, you know, oh, you know, forget the first degree, and you know, let's just go straight to our masters. 
not knowing that, um, you know, I was completely overqualified for what I wanted to do. So I was hitting the job market and being constantly rejected, constantly rejected. Um, people saying I was overqualified. People saying, you know, so basically saying that I didn't have enough experience and um, ended up just doing a number of, um, you know, of dead end jobs, uh, which I was actually completely overqualified for. Um, but in the end, um, you know, I, I, I persevered and um, a um, organisation, uh, it's actually a disabled organisation, like quite a large disabled organisation, ended up giving me a job as a manager there. The, you know, they took a chance on me, actually, the, you know, they saw the potential. And mm. from there, I managed to pick up quite a lot of skills. Um, so my, you know, cause of my, my master's degree was more focused towards finance, so, you know, so... I was also a part qualified accountant, so you know, so I did, you know, so I did all the accountancy work. I did all the IT, and that's where I picked up the IT bug. And after being there for about, I think it's about, about seven, seven or eight years, I started to become ill, and um, I was going to the doctors. Um, essentially, I was um, suffering from really bad um, chronic fatigue, uh, muscle ache, just couldn't focus. And the doctors didn't know what's wrong with me, going back and forth. In the end, the doctors were getting, you know, was getting fed up with me, to quite honest. Till someone said to me, and actually said, well, have you actually looked into the late effects of polio? And I said, what, you know, what the hell is that? And um, what uh, I didn't know, and unfortunately a lot of um, polio sufferers actually, actually did, didn't know as well, is that after a, a number of years, it tends to be about 20 to 40 years, uh, because um, the coronavirus works, um, it starts to weaken your muscles. Um, despite the fact that you've kind of recovered from it, so I was, you know, so I was uh, getting a lot weaker. Also, getting lots of muscle ache, but most importantly, it was the chronic fatigue. So it got so bad that I decided to leave my job, and that was, I'd say, one of the bleakest moments for me because I'd worked so hard to get this job you know you know you know at last I'd had some you know you know had some income coming in I'd you know helped build up my self-esteem you know yeah. I, I could say to people you know I've got a job you know I had a mortgage I had a house you know um you know we had a young child and everything was looking good and all of a sudden it just came crashing down on top of me um mm. so uh, so this yes yeah, so this was late 19 I think it was 1999 so, um, so was it that feeling of like, obviously, like you say, you worked so hard to get there, mm. and now you have to give up. Be like, what, what do I do now? What, what's, what's left for me? Kind of thing. What, what chance have I got? Almost. Uh, absolutely, Jamie. You know, it did feel like the end of the world. Seriously, it, it was really, really bad. I almost sunk into depression. Uh, but then I was just thinking to myself, okay, what do I do next? You know, I've got a really, I find myself in a really bad situation. Um, you know, I knew I was technically unemployable. So my options were to get a job with a local council, because obviously, you know, the local government tends to be a lot more understandable. Mm. Uh, probably get a part-time job that would give me a bit of flexibility. And um, But then I thought to myself, you know, you know, I like the internet. I've always been one of these, you know, very curious, you know, from a very early age, I used to take radios apart and later I used to take computers apart and put them back together again. So I thought, oh, the internet, you know, you know, you know let me see what I can do. So um, I taught myself um, basic web design, came up with an idea to create a website offering um, properties online completely free. Uh, so my claim to fame is I did right move before right move was actually even <laughs> you know. I like that. <laughs> uh, but uh, put all my, you know, put all our savers into it, and um, yeah, and it was called housesonline.com. I think I've still got the domain somewhere, and mm. um, it completely flopped <laughs> because it. <came laughs> I didn't, well, I didn't have the resources to back it up. Um, you know, I pitched it to the. Um, to the Leicester Mercury, and who thought it was a phenomenal idea? They really liked the idea and everything. Uh, but then they said, to, they, they, but then they came around and said to me a couple of weeks later and said, "Sorry, we can't really support this because all these state agents are advertising with us, 
um, you know, I'm probably not going to like they're going to like the fact that their properties are now online. Um, mm. Which is probably a bit short-sighted of them then. But again, you know, we're talking about we're talking about 2000. Yeah. You know, and 2000 Google was just starting up. You know, not a lot of people even know what Google was back back then. So um, so yeah, so I was essentially then looking for ways. So I myself, okay, you know, I'm, I'm now broke. I'm now unemployable. And um, what do I do next? And how do I market houses online? So I just that. So I started to teach myself search engine optimization, yeah, which is SEO. So I spent two months uh, for a period of two months. Says that I did not go out of the house. I learned everything I could about SEO, and within a few months, well, it's actually probably about three months. I'd managed to get houses online to, to the top of order search engines. So the main search engines then were MSN, AltaVista, Hotbox, probably search engines that you never heard about, <laughs> you know, not even Google. And um, so yes, after that, but then despite the fact that I was getting traffic into, um, or is uh, on, you know, onto the website, uh, it still wasn't gaining any traction. So mm-hmm. I then said to myself, okay, what do I do now? And um, so I thought, okay, I'd either go into web design or I'd go down SEO route. The Web design would have been an easy option because a lot of people were wanting websites, but then it was getting a bit competitive. SEO, no one, hardly anyone knew about SEO back, back in 2000. So I decided, I thought to myself, you know, I thought to myself, listen, I'm going to take a risk here because uh, I think a lot of people are going to want SEO down the line. So I set up my first company, uh, which is called Easy Internet Services. And because I couldn't go out and pitch for business, what I did was I contacted um, about four businesses and I said to them that I will get you to, I will get you to the top of the search engines, uh, but don't pay me. All I want is, is a testimonial going forward from you. And all of them said yes. So equipped with those testimonials, I then approached another four companies and actually said to them, I will get you to the top of the search engines. Here are my testimonials. This is what I've done for these companies. But this time, don't pay me till I get results. And by then, things were getting financially for me. Things were really, really bad. I was, mm. actually, I, I was actually on my last credit card, put it that way. We'd blown all our savings. We had a young child. Um, you know, the house was on the line. Although my wife was working, you know, we'd gone from having a two-income family, over, you know, to actually having one income over a period of two years. And then... On top of that, I te- I blown all our savings, <laughs> like mm. business, and also you know, and also was using a credit card for cash flow. Uh, mm. but, um, but it worked. It worked. You know that risk worked, and my marketing plan worked. So within six months, uh, I'd actually uh, all these companies I contacted, and um, you know, I'd actually got them results, and that's how. Um, my first company managed to scale up, um, and I ended up working for the for the likes of the Guardian, uh, worked for Avro. I don't think Avro's still around. Uh, I've worked for Amstrad. So I worked for some really big brands, mm-hmm. and um, and within a year of setting that business up, I was actually making more than I was in my job. Wow. So I knew I was onto a winner. Within my second year, I started to employ people, which is actually which is fantastic, and I was still working from home. You know, I, you know, I just built a conservatory at the back of the house, and that was my office. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, so that was um, so. Um, and then, fortunately, my wife then joined me because she, you know, she, she she was getting, you know, she was getting fed up with a job. You know, she was a hosiery designer. She used to um, design hosiery, basically socks, more than anything else. Uh, for some of the bigger brands like Debenhams and Woolworths and so forth, but she was getting fed up of the fashion industry because of all the travelling that she had to do. So mm. she, yeah, so she joined me uh, because she wanted to train to be a teacher, and um, but she's still she's still with me. She, well, she's still in the business now. She actually runs one of the companies now. And, <laughs> um, and in 2000, so, so yeah, so in 2004, you know, I saw a, a gap in the market uh, to offer free web hosting. Um, everyone said I was completely mad. They said, why would you offer free web hosting? So I said, well, it, it's a loss leading model. Not a lot of people understand the concept of a loss leading model. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I did slightly differently to what some of the American firms were doing, because what they used to do is that they used to say to you, OK, you can have free hosting, but then they put a banner on your website. 
what I did was I gave people actually all the resources that they need to create a website completely free of charge. For mm. uh, I'd limit number of visitors. So let's say, for instance, you know, I'd limit it to the first 1,000 visitors. After that, you've got, you've got to start paying. Uh, and that's how I got into the web hosting business. Um, so I set up my second company, Easy Internet uh, Solutions, in 2004 um, under, under the brand of freevirtualservice.com, which is still around today, and um, offering free hosting. And that one was a massive, massive success because, um, you know, we had lots and lots of people coming to us with a free hosting, but after a while, then having to upgrade. Uh, but at the same time, I've still got people, you know, I've still got people on free virtual service who have been there from day one, like, you haven't paid us a penny apart from their domain, <laughs> their domain registration. So that's how I got, yes, that's how I did my, um, second business. And, mm. and that is my, you know, that's one of our main cash cows at the moment. Where yeah. we branded into NetNerd, netnerd.com, which is more, you know, it's a bit more up market, you know, because we, because we just develop our own cloud infrastructure. And, yeah. And, yeah, and that's a snapshot. Lots more that I can say, but I'll let you ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just good, but when, when you obviously left that, that main job working for that uh, disability organisation, yeah. did, was you, did you, did you look at, your future employment is it the only way I'm going to get employment, is it? I'll do something for myself, isn't it? And I've really got a chance of approaching a company or an organisation and getting them to hire me. Was that your idea of that? Yeah. It's me? Yeah, I don't think, you know, because I knew how difficult it was, even, you know, at the beginning to get a job. And, mm. you know, I thought to myself, you know, I kind of knew that with the post-polio syndrome, it would make it even more, um, um, you know, even more difficult because of the complexities of my condition. Because, you know, w- w- one minute I'm highly functional, but then the next hour I could be laid out. Mm. So I needed something that could give me complete flexibility, and that's why it came in. Like, for instance, I, you know, I can get up at two o'clock in the morning and work for two hours, go back to bed, yeah. then get up at nine, then work again. And that's what I needed. I needed something whereby I could work at it 24 hours in the day, but at intermittent times when I actually felt like it. Mm. Would you say that you realised that obviously working for yourself, mm. you realised that your disability didn't have an effect on how your communication was with all these different companies? Could they just kind of seem past him for, you know, he knows what he's doing? And it's going to benefit us. So why did the disability matter almost? Uh, well, what um, the way I've, I set up my businesses, rightly or wrongly, is um, we actually um, actually got very very little very little uh, contact with most of our customers. So we we've created lots of automated systems. So even in the beginning, Jamie, I actually never met and I hardly ever met any of my clients because I was okay. because I couldn't go out and pitch for business anyway. I didn't feel first of all I didn't know how people would react to me as a black and disabled person. And mm. uh, you know, I've got stories. Well, I've got one story whereby I was with a you know one of my very first clients was with him for about five, well, you'll say was with us for five years till I met him. Then two months later, then cancelled. Because he realised I was actually a black guy, you know, wow. a disabled guy. So, um, so it's crazy. Yeah, I know it, it is. You know, that's happened to me twice before. So, um, and what I what I did was when I developed my businesses is that the people I employed would be the people that I'd send out, not me. Mm. You see, I was the one in, in, in the background operating everything, but I was comfortable. You know, I was, I was actually comfortable with that. Yeah. But, you know, but for me, as I said, you know, it's been a godsend that I've been able to create businesses whereby I can actually be completely in the background, invisible in the background. And um, and other people can actually just take the fourth, you know, basically, you know, it's not, you know, essentially take the limelight to a certain extent, but I'm comfortable with that. Mm. And was, was that not disheartening to you in any way that, you know, you, you, you are, they're, they're getting you because you're obviously good at your job. And as soon as they see your face, like, no, is that, did that not kind of think, wow, is this like really the right place to be getting into or do you think it's no, going to happen? 
No, you absolutely right. It's, it's completely devastating. You know, it's completely devastating. You know, and it said, you know, it does really, it can, you know, impact on your confidence, your self-esteem. You know, you know, you know, I've had it when I've gone to, um, um, you know, when I've gone to networking events. Mm. You know, go to a networking event and sometimes you're the last person that people come and talk to. You've got to force yourself to talk to people. And you're talking to people and you're telling them about your business in terms of what you do. And, you, you know, and you can actually see that scepticism you know, in terms of, you know, is he really, you know, mm. <laughs> is he really, you know, does he really own these businesses? You know, I've, you know, I've had one chap um, who I met at, um, who basically said to me, oh, so you actually set these things on your own? I said, yeah. I said, are you sure? <laughs> so, so what would you expect so? <laughs> so you know it is what it is you know it's um the, the 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 issue is that you know is that once you've got a double disability um it is a significant advantage it is a significant disadvantage because you know, people um, discriminate against you because you're generally, people, you know, because you're disabled. Yeah. Uh, you know, and there's, you know, there's statistics out, out there that basically say um, that 70% of people have got a disability bias. And mm-hmm. then people that are black will also discriminate against you as well because you, you know, because you're disabled. So you're kind of in like a no, you know, so you're kind of in like a no-win situation. So yeah, so it can be a bit mm-hmm. tough. I'd imagine the racial discrimination is right. That's kind of so you've got some people who go, oh, he's black. I don't want to work with him. But some people, it's so ingrained that they they don't even think they they see and then just just turn their head straight away. They don't even some must. Yeah, I don't know. It's like unintentional racism in a way. Absolutely right. It's that unconscious bias, isn't it? Mm, You know, you know, it's just like people. You know, it's the same thing. You know, people see you in a wheelchair, and all they see is the wheelchair. They don't see you as a person. Uh, You know, then people see you as a black person, or they say, "Oh, it's a black person." That black stereotype. You know, they don't see that person within. They just see the exterior, and that's um, you know, and that is majorly um, challenging. Uh, but at the same time, and that's why I said I've been fortunate with, with my businesses that I, you know, that my businesses, um, I, I actually don't need, I don't, te- I technically I don't need to meet people. No, this is very uh, the mysterious Marques show. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, well, it's kind of the same. Well, you know, over the last couple of years, typically, well, over the last since 2018, I've I, I have basically come out more. Um, you know, I've got PR agents and, you know, they've been doing a lot more PR. So, I've, I've, you know, I've been raising my profile. But the reason I did that is basically was, was for two reasons. Was is I wanted to encourage more uh, disabled people, obviously, to kind of um, become self-employed or to go into business. But at the same time, more black people as well. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, you know, and I think to, and for me, I think it was important, Jamie, for me to share my story. So people know that there is hope and there are things you can do, despite the fact that, OK, life has dealt you a really bad set of cards. Yeah. It's how you play those cards that matter. You know, it's like a game of poker. You know, you can still win a game of poker with a really bad hand. Mm. You see? Exactly. And that's what I say to people. It's, it's using, using what you know and using your ability mm. and your, your skills. You know, I, I, I remember uh, I posted something a while ago that, it is and it's a non disabled people don't like it or some of them anyway. That a disabled person or someone who's black or someone who's you know whatever they might be better at you that better at you at a certain job. <laughs> that's just how it is. Like, it's, and, but I think that's what people think, especially disabled think. Mm. Yeah, he's in a wheelchair. He can't work. A, yeah. He can't build his own website better than me. Like, that's <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we absolutely right. And that's why I've been very passionate. You know, so I've, been, I've been doing work with the DWP, especially the Disability Confidence Campaign, uh, in terms of employing disabled people. You know, I've, you know, I, you know, I've employed people that no one would actually touch. You know, I'll give you an example. is um, had a chap applied to us as a web designer, and at the bottom of his form, he said, I'm registered blind. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. okay. How can you be wasted by us to be a web designer? But I just picked up the phone and you know, I, you know, and I spoke to him and I said, listen, um, 
I'm really interested in your application, but can you tell me more? How, you know, how does it work? How do you do this job? And he just said, well, you know, I've just got um, a really large monitor and I've just increased the resolution so I can mm. actually zoom into the designs. And, you know, I, and I ended up employing him and he was our web designer for a couple of years. Um, you know, I've had another chap who works for us recently who's got, um, who's got Asperger's and um, he, Essentially, to, to be honest, I actually found him because I was looking for a freelancer to do some work and um, the developer, and, he, and he'd been working with us for two months before I realised he was actually disabled. So I said to him, I said, well, wow, I said, well you, you know, you're really talented. Why, you, you know, how come, you know, have you always been self-employed? He said, yes. And he said, um, it's because no one employed me. So I said, oh, really? So I didn't know that. Said, and, and that's when I found out he was actually disabled. So I ended up giving him a job. Yeah, I suppose it's... It's that that that's a massively important thing in my opinion that you can look at someone can say, Oh yeah, I'm visually blind or I'm 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 yeah. actually deaf. Yes. But it's one thing saying that to your employer, but another the employer then saying, Right, that's fine. Let's let's talk about how how do you go about the job and is there ways that we can help to make it more accessible and easier for you? I think that's this it's the it's the intrigue that the employer shows absolutely that makes a massive difference to the the, the mental uh, you know well-being of that employee. They think, absolutely. oh yeah, they're, they're, they're interested here. Absolutely. So, it, it, it's just a mindset at the end of the day. Yeah. You, you know, and, and 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 that's one of the things I do is uh, you know I talk to businesses um, you know on a regular basis and um, actually tell them the merits of employing disabled people. And then giving them some of my case studies as to you know as to, you know as to the way I've done it, and then hopefully you know we would we will start to see more disabled people actually into work, and especially now, especially you know with these days that everyone's working from home, and um, and that's one thing I also forgot to mention. You know we've been doing home working since 2010. Yeah. So these two people that I've just spoken to, I've got more examples. Actually, um, one of them, the the web designer. I uh, actually never met him, and mm. uh, web developer Charles, and I only met him once because they, you know, because they work remotely, and mm. and I think you know it's a great opportunity for employers to start looking and saying, okay, you know, let's start, you know, let's start seeing or exploring ways in which we can actually employ more disabled, especially for some of the um, you know IT jobs, yeah, and um, you know whereby they can work from home. I think it's also perhaps that big employers now know it is very possible to yes. work from home and it works. Absolutely. So why not? And I think that's, it's a massive thing, especially for people with disabilities that, you know, you've got to be able to, you've got to be in the right environment yes. to then, you know, flourish yourself. Absolutely. Uh, if you're being forced into an office environment where you're with people, say you're not, you know, you get you have anxiety and you don't really like mixing with people. Yes. That's it, that's gonna that's gonna translate on your work and probably not be great. So you being in your own environment. Yes. You know, having like you said earlier, flexible times. Mm. It's gonna bring the best out on you, isn't it? Exactly, and that's what you want. You want you want to bring the best out of people. You know, the yeah. traditional nine to five. We, you know, you, you know, I think that needs to go. Um, I think people need more flexibility. You know, it's not just disabled people. You know, think mm. about working mothers as well. You know, we've been employed quite a few working mothers, uh, where, whereby they can only do about three or four hours a day. But then, you know, you're getting some really good skills for about three, four, three to four hours, you know, in a day. Um, you, you know, they're working remotely. And because they haven't got the expense of travelling, often... That you know they're actually not asking for you know they're often asking for much lower wage as well, so mm. it can be a win-win for you know for employers if they just kind of just open their eyes to it. Mm. And have you obviously you say you've been in kind of in that uh, industry now for the best part of twenty years? Yeah. Would you say that you've you've definitely noticed uh, progress and and moving forward in that twenty years? Yeah, yes, I think so. I think, um, you know, I, I'm, especially now obviously with COVID, I think to a certain extent it's been a, it, it could potentially be a blessing in disguise for some disabled people uh, because it's now opened up um, their, you know, their minds or eyes to, um, you know, to remote working. 
and actually yeah. see how it can how it can be implemented, and also as as to how you know how people working remote, remotely can actually be more productive as well. So so yes, you know so. Yeah, essentially the answer is yes. You know, you know, I think it's uh, it's it's going to create a lot more opportunities for people. Mm-hmm. Something that I've picked up from that she's in the minute you start talking until obviously you use the job and then starting from the beginning yourself is you seem to have a lot of resilience and determination that this will work for you. You just got to put your mind to it. Is that, would you say that's that's right? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You know, that's what I always say to people is that, you know, you need to, you know, you need to build up that resilience. And a lot of disabled people build up that resilience. And it's not just resilience, it's also resourcefulness as well. Is that you need to be able to be resourceful, especially anything that you do in life. And, mm-hmm. and actually something interesting enough, last year I was actually thinking of actually creating workshops based on resourcefulness, but then I just saw, no, I've got to get, you know, I haven't got enough time <laughs> to actually. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've really got off to do already. Uh, but, but, but you're absolutely right. You know, it's being that resilient that no matter what happens to you, you know, you find a solution. A lot of disabled people are actually solutions focused. Um, and that, in, and, and, and being solutions focused, they can bring those skills to the workforce as well. Problem solving and. Problem solving, absolutely spot on, Jamie, yeah. So, now, obviously, like we've mentioned a few times, we're in the middle of the pandemic and, you're saying at the start, things haven't really changed for you. Have, what what has it been like for you on a on a personal level? Obviously, you've been able to keep working, which is great. But what outside of work, when you have that kind of you know close your laptop or whatever it is, what has it been like for you on a personal level? Uh, well, for the last uh, week, yeah. Well, last year, I um, um, I kind of threw myself into a social enterprise that I set up with some friends of mine called Access Rating. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, no, I haven't, no. Uh, okay, so what, yeah, so what, we, uh, what we've done is that we've created an app uh, which allows disabled people to submit disabled access reviews on, you know, on public venues. So okay, yeah. So, so, so initially we started with just bars, hotels and restaurants, but now we've um, kind of just opened it up to all public venues so within 30 seconds you can log into the app and um, and you can actually submit a disabled access um, review or, or rating um, you, know, you know you know if you wanted to so most of last year i completely threw myself into you know into that so i didn't focus too much on the fact that okay you, you know um in terms of my social interactions were a bit limited because what I was doing, James, is I was just having lots and lots of meetings. Mm. Uh, you know, I was developing my network. Um, I did miss the business events because I used to get invited to quite a few business events. Um, so, you know, so I kind of did, you know, so I did miss that. Um, also, I missed, obviously, you know, I play wheelchair tennis. Um, okay. That's one of the things I do to keep fit. Um, uh, so I, you know, so I miss playing tennis. I miss, you know, just going out and seeing friends. Um, I miss traveling because I, I like to travel. Yeah. Um, but um, but generally, um, you, you know, it was hard, obviously, seeing you know, for for me, you know, seeing my daughter struggle. Uh, mm-hmm. So that the app that you said is that basically like a. Hello. Hey. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear. You. Yes, come uh, back now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was so yeah, so, yeah. So it was, as I said, you know, I think we all had our challenges last year. Mm, definitely. And with, with that, the app that you mentioned is that based like a, I said, a disabled access version of almost like TripAdvisor. Is that how you? Uh, we, we, uh, we like to see it more like, um, like we'd like to see it more like Trustpilot. <laughs> Okay. Uh, wh- whereby you can actually just go in quickly and actually just submit a review or rating. Um, yeah. there, you know, there is an option whereby you can actually, um, actually put in comments to, to actually mm. put in a comprehensive review. Uh, but we wanted something quick and easy. So let's say, for instance, you go somewhere to, you know, you go to your super, your local supermarket, Jamie, and, you know, and you just think, oh, you know, the access there is pretty, is, 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 is pretty pants. Yeah. Um, you can quickly go onto the app once you're registered and you can actually just, you know, you can just give them one to five stars, if, you know, if you wanted to. 
but mm. if you can obviously have time, you can actually then leave. You, you can you can you can then leave a more comprehensive review. Uh, but that's not the only thing that we do. You know, we 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 set up as a social enterprise because we also wanted to be solutions based. So part of what we do as well is that we do we offer disabled access audits to businesses because we yeah. want to be able to you know want to be able to educate businesses on the merits of making their premises more accessible. Mm-hmm. So we then done something else that we've done as well is that we, we you know we could have actually made it a private company, a commercial a, a commercial enterprise, but we all three of us. Um, there's three of us, uh, myself, um, there's, um, there's, there's, there's Richard Copson and also Jig, uh, Jig Vader and also Martin Sibley is actually with us. Oh, yeah. He, he yeah. joined us. Um, so we all, we, you know, so we all, so we all know how difficult it is, or sorry, it was as a young disabled adult to get a job. Mm-hmm. So any money we make goes back into our job coaching and job placement scheme. Um, and despite the fact that we haven't made any money, <laughs> <laughs> we've actually managed. We've actually got a. Um, we've actually got a, a job placement student with us, and and she's been with us now for the last six months. Okay. And um, she was struggling to get a job. Um, I think everyone else, um, you know, at her college, had actually managed to get a work placement apart from her. And um, we, you know, and we took her on. And that's what. And that's what. You know, and, and that's what we're about as mm-hmm. as an organisation. And it's, it's so it's that just going back to what you're saying there, it's that opportunity and saying, Yeah, you can work for us. Why not? Absolutely. <laughs> and, that, and that does that does, that will do wonders for that that person in question. Uh, absolutely. And it's you know, it's it's it, you know, it's not just about actually building that person's skill set, but it's also actually building up their confidence and self esteem self esteem as well. Mm, definitely. I was gonna say about that actually so obviously when people leave those reviews Yes. Do you do, do they get fed back to the particular companies that are having the reviews left on them, and and you're saying, look, this is what disabled people think of your venue, and then this is how you can improve that, and these are the benefits that will come of that. That's a good question. So what we've done is that we've configured the app. Uh, so if a menu gets three poor reviews. There, there's, there's alerts in the back end that, that would tell us that this venue has got really bad, there's about three successive bad reviews. We will then contact them offering some, some support. So it could be that we just give them some general advice, completely free advice. And mm-hmm. um, we're working on, um, we're actually working on an ebook that we can actually send out to businesses completely free. Okay. Or we can actually go in and actually do a full audit. Mm. And I suppose you can go from like saying to a company, you need a ramp, which really should be mandatory, all the way to, I, I don't know now, <laughs> I don't know what's, uh, what's it called, a hearing loop or something like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or sometimes, you know, it could be hearing loop, you know, it could, you know, it could just be, you know, it, it, it could be a bell at the front. Yeah. Because some premises, um, their access is around the back. Well, unless you know that they've got access around the back, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's just one of those things. So it could be as simple as just having a bell at the front. Mm. And that, 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 so that, that's literally saying, put a bell there, that's it. Yeah. And that could then attract or attract and then keep, you know, it might, it might be four or five customers who are disabled, but it's still four or five customers. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, you know, and that's where we want. We want to be in a situation by, you know, by hopefully by the end of uh, 2022, uh, that we've got enough reviews on the app, uh, whereby, you know, we'll have the top 10 most accessible bars, hotels, restaurants, or whatever, you know, public venue, um, you know, in each city, um, or, you know, in each city or town. Also, as well, we've um, recently added in more, you know, so it's not just about wheelchair access, um, you, you know, so we've put in access, you know, so if you, you know, uh, if you're partially sighted or if you're blind, or, you know, you, you can actually specify actually within the app to tell you which menus would actually cater for your particular disability. Okay. And, and also, we're looking to work on partnerships, so uh, some of the partnerships that we, you know, we want to work with welcome. Yeah, uh, we we want to work with it, um, accessible as well. So um, so we're reaching out to other um, you know to other organisations um, mm-hmm. who have basically got complementary services for disabled people. So whereby we can actually work together 
and kind of, you know, can kind of synchronise everything that we're doing. Definitely. Having spoken to, to Kevin Neat myself and him spoken to Tammy of how Wildcorn works, I think that and your yeah. app, I think that's like much made in heaven. You're absolutely right. And that's what we want. We, you know, we want to, you know, because, we, you know, we want to form strategic partnerships. There's no point in actually reinventing, reinventing the wheel. I think what Gavin does is actually phenomenal. So if we can incorporate some of that into our app, uh, in terms of, because his, his one is more focused on, you know, on, you know, on the customer service point of view, uh, um, mm-hmm. you know, for disabled people. So if we can incorporate some of that into the app or, or our website, uh, you know, I think that would be a match made in heaven. Yeah, that, that's, that's like I said, it's obviously his is, his is customer service and yours is physical access. That's correct, yeah. So, more reviews than anything else, that's correct. I, I don't think you could, I don't think you get a better match. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I, you're absolutely right, Jeremy. And then we, you know, and, and, and when you then look at Accessible, because uh, they do very comprehensive guides. So mm. if you, you know, so if you want to know, have a, like an in-depth and kind of um, look into what the accessibility is of, of a particular uh, venue, then if you can then get that information directly from our, our app, or actually just go directly onto accessible from our from app, you know, I think that would actually be a game, you know, I think that would be very beneficial to us to disabled people. Mm. I think you only realise when you when you speak about all these different apps that are out there that they they all they all come together like a you know like a jigsaw and you realise that as disabled people and as a disability community, working together, yes. no how big or small your company or idea or your profile is, That's it correct. can make a massive difference to not just you but everyone around you. Absolutely, and I think again, it's that collaboration. We do, we do need to be working. We, we do need to be working together more. Mm, definitely, since it just and it just it just makes sense. <laughs> it's like it does. Like, and going back to the making buildings, accessible, there's no no excuses for a company you know to not want to make their building accessible or not want to improve their customer service it's absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's standard absolutely. so so obviously you've already said that by the end of 2020, 2022 mm. you want to have the you know go for more forward with the app what is i'm i'm, I'm sure you've got more ideas and, and goals what are your personal and professional goals that you like to reach over the next five months and beyond really? I think my personal, for, for me, um, I, you know, as I said, I, I've stepped down from my businesses. Hmm. So, um, so my businesses kind of get generally um, run themselves. Uh, for me personally, I want to work more on my physical health um, more than anything else. I, you know, I, I, I want to be fitter. Um, I I love trading because I'm a bit of a geek. So, <laughs> you know, so I love trading strategies. So, um, so this year I'm just focusing a lot on trading. Uh, mm. I set myself a challenge to basically make more money than my businesses do combined. Are you getting anywhere with that? Is that, is that? Yeah, I'll do that. I'll actually do that. Okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, but 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 again, it's mainly because of the you know I trade cryptocurrencies. I've been in the cryptocurrency market since 2017. Okay, so you've been quite a uh, yeah. uh, like a OG. OG yeah, like an early Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I've been around in the crypto market for you know for about actually come up to four years now. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but it's not just crypto. You know, I, you know, I trade commodities. Um, I've done, you know, I do a bit of forex. So, you know, I, I trade shares as well. Uh, yeah. uh, because I want to be in a position, you know, but, you know, I just like the idea of actually just being able to just, you know, work a couple of couple of two to three hours in a day. <laughs> you know, set up your trades and you know, you, you know, and just you know, and after that, just go and you know, do what you need to do. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's that you know, it's that freedom. Um, although I've got that because I've got, I've still, you know, I've got my businesses as well. You know, which you know, which provide a really good income. Okay, uh, yeah. But at the same time, you know, it's it's good to diversify and not just have one source of income. Uh, so in terms of my personal goals, I just yeah, I just want to, um, as I said, I want to work on my physical health. Um, also, important to work on your mental health as well. Um, but also as well, you know, do what I can with access rating to make a difference to people's lives if I can. 
And because that's something I'm very, you know, something I'm, you know, something I'm very passionate about is trying to help people, um, you know, because I know how difficult it is to have a disability. And if in, 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 if in, in, um, sorry, if in a small way I can, you know, add value or do something. Sorry about that. Suddenly, on that. oh gosh, I should have said this. Sorry about that. That's um, alright. Yeah, I think you might have to just. You might have to edit that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That's all right. Don't worry. But yeah, that's it. Yeah. So yeah, those are my personal goals, Jamie. And um, you know, and and um, next year, once everything opens up, I just want to do a lot. I, 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 I want to do lots of travelling. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame you. I want to do the same. <laughs> you do the same as well. Okay. Yeah. I'm getting away nice in in mind. Oh, see, I'm I'm not very. I say I'm not very travelled. I've been to your your typical. You know your holiday destinations and that, yeah. but um, yeah, I've got like a few your typical want to go destinations like Amsterdam or yeah. uh, like I went to Germany last year and I really love that. So I want to go to more kind of you know those, those kind of countries, those kind of cities. Yeah, awesome. Um, what, what about yourself? What's have you got any nice destinations? Um, probably spend a bit of time in Dubai. I, I, you know, I really like Dubai. Uh, I like the you know you know I like the world life out mm. there. Um, spend a bit of time, probably go to Portugal, um, you know, probably go to Spain, Caribbean. Um, Are you it, a person that likes, when you go to those places, you just chill or do you like to like, explore the city and find out, you know, culture and history oh, and that? Gosh, no, I'm out, you know, I'm, 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 my wife's the same, you know, we're, we're out mixing with the locals. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're trying to find all the local places to go to and, um, you know, and we're like exploring. Yeah. And, you know, basically, because my wife can walk for miles and, you know, <laughs> I've had instances, seriously, you know, I've, I've, I've got a um, portable mobility scooter. I yeah. think Angel is about 20 miles and she's actually walked so far one day that we actually, we actually run the battery out. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. how, did, how did you solve that one? Or did, did it run out like just as you got back? Uh, no, no, we actually ran out. This was in uh, Barcelona. So fortunately, fortunately, we weren't too far from um, um, from, from a taxi rank. So she went to get a taxi, yeah. and uh, because it's a portable scooter, it was just very easy to collapse and push it into the taxi. And then, and, you know, and then and, and then then that got us back to the hotel because I can walk a bit. Yeah, yeah. Some, you know, some fortunate in that respect, I can actually walk a bit. Although I can't walk very far. Um, not as far as your wife. Sorry. Not as far as your wife. Oh no, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I could, but definitely not. <laughs> I don't think I could either. That's, that's, that's a trait. I think a lot of. Don't want to sound a bit up here, but I think I don't know. It's just women just seem to be able to just walk. I know. For, for miles. For miles and exploring and, you know, doing a bit of window shopping. You know, there's a battery drain, you know. Walking around a shop with something in your hand for about 20 minutes and decided, I don't want it. Exactly. Tell me about it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like, yeah, you, you said your, your personal and, and professional goals. Um, I'm, I'm really intrigued by that, the, uh, the app that you've, you've developed and I hope that it, it goes from strength to strength really and many many people and disabled people and then organizations companies retailers take on board and realize that you know this is the way forward if you want to you know make your business more accessible and and gain customers and and traction and you know what all retailers and companies like make money (laughs) yeah yeah, thanks you know and if anyone wants to download it it's on the it's on the app store and google play it's called access rating um, also, you can find out a bit more on our website, accessrating.com. That will give you a bit more information. And also, there's a link to the app as well. Yeah. And is there anything else that you want to want to plug in any social media or any websites of any sort? Uh, yeah. You know, um, and you can follow me on Instagram, which is um, Mark um, underscore Esho, E-S-H-O. Um, also, you can find me on Facebook. I've got my own Facebook page, also the Access Rating Facebook page. Uh, if you want to link up with me on LinkedIn, just, just just search my name on there as well. And if you obviously want to learn a bit about me personally, you can go to my personal website, which is mark, com. And your your book? Oh, my book, yes. Oh, oh gosh. 
How can you forget? I know, no, thanks for that, Jeremy. Yes, uh, so my book is available on, on uh, Amazon. Uh, it's called I Can, I Will. And also there's a, you know, you've got the Kindle version and also you've got the audio version on Audible as well. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm definitely going to give that a... Is it, do you think, is it available on the Apple Books store, do you know? I'm not sure if it's... I think my publishers have actually put it on there. It might be worth taking a look. Yeah, I will have a notice. And if it's not, I'll... Um I'll get the the audible version, but yeah, I will be will be giving that a listen because I'm I'm intrigued. <laughs> intrigued as a <laughs> as a how I managed to survive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we, we've all got our, our unique shows, don't we? And I think that's everyone has their own experiences, and you know, one person's struggle isn't worse than another's. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so I think we've covered everything. Unless there's anything else that you want to touch on or no, or no, it's been it's, you know it's, it's been a real pleasure talking to you, Jamie, and thanks for you, you, know, you know thanks for inviting me, and yeah, you know let's keep in contact. Definitely, yeah. Thank you for for agreeing to come on. I've, I've enjoyed them. I love this. This is the thing about these, doing these these interview podcasts. I'm I'm learning so yeah. much as well. Um, so right. I, I yeah. thank people yourself. So yeah, thanks you to Mark for coming on. Thank you to people for listening. I hope you've enjoyed just as much as I have done talking to Mark and um, we'll catch you very soon.